0: All right, welcome back to Spirit Squared. I'm your host, Andrew Darian Tennant. Tonight, thankfully, we're here at the Beckham Hotel. Josh, it's been, this is our fourth episode, and it's been fun, hasn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, we've learned a lot in the last uh, three episodes, and this fourth one is not going to be any different. We want to thank uh, the Beckham Hotel for hosting us and giving us this great spot uh, for us to uh, host this podcast. Um, big respect to J.J. Woodwork. Uh, for making these hats for us. And then a special shout out to Bird Dog Insurance. Uh, Mr. Nash, thanks so much for the shirt. You gave it to me a while back and wanted to wear it uh, to represent your brand. We appreciate you. Uh, so tonight we, uh, we're we going in another direction, which is gonna be fun for us. Uh, we've got the uh, vice president of Gator Waiters, Mr. David Frisbee, thanks so much for coming on. Um, real quick, I wanna introduce, we've, we went ahead and made a pour um didn't want to miss this opportunity uh we've got tears arena uh it's a tequila is really hot right now and this is one of the the bread here um it's 86 proof it's extra anejo it's a kind of on the pricey side but uh it's something that i think both of us are going to enjoy you said you were a tequila yep. lover so um i think we'll enjoy that or at least we have already a little bit um so david vice president of the da- uh, gator waiters you've done some things in the past Let's start with kind of. I know you're big into hunting. Uh, you've done some things that we'll get into uh, shortly, but talk to me kind of how you, you've gotten on this path to, to working with a, a sporting outfitter, white data waiters, and, and obviously a local company. I'm very proud of, of you guys, uh, you representing your brand on this, on this podcast. So talk to me about that.
1: So, uh, I mean, I started the running- Back, in, uh, shot my first year in 1988, okay. five years old. So, got out hunting. Um, my dad wasn't real into it. My dad didn't care. He wasn't an outdoorsman. He just worked, you know, as a farmer. Mm. And uh, my grandfather really kind of took me under his wing and let me chase him around. He would go quail hunting. I get to follow all of him and his buddies around. You know, after the uh, plains of West Texas and Panhandle, chasing quail, and just kind of found my love for for wing shooting really. And then got through school, started getting into some big game stuff and took a job at Budweiser. Okay. Worked there for 15 years, but honestly, I would say like year five, I was like, man, beer is not for me. Like this isn't how I wanna make my, my living. And I started a uh, kind of an ad agency mm-hmm. on the on the side, back when Instagram and Facebook was getting pretty popular. Right. And we called it a uh, tight lines of big times. Now I buddy down in Austin, he worked for IBM, very uh, very creative, real you know digital guy, just didn't really fit the, the hunting scene, but he, he understood the marketing side of it. And I was running a guide service out west for mule deer, antelope, elk, deer, uh, some some waterfowl stuff. And we started partnering with these companies like Sitka and Yeti and we were building these come to market strategies for them and they would ship me products and we would use it in the field And my clients. would be like, hey, put this jacket on. and That's where we're gonna take some pictures of you or we're gonna take a video of you walking across this creek wearing this new jacket. We'd send it in and uh, we'd make these like short videos or you know catalogs for these companies. And one day uh, we got approached by a company called Drapewater Bell. Mm-hmm. They're the Godfather of waterfowl clothing. You know, they started; they were the first ones to really started doing technical waterfowl.
0: They're the pappy.
1: Yeah, the water. They very much are. <laughs> right. And they approached us and asked us to shoot a commercial for them. Well, we did the whole commercial. We worked through it all with them, and at the end of it, we sent them the invoice, and they're like, "Whoa, this is kind of pricey." So they ended up offering me a job, and I was like, "Well, this is this is my way out of the beer business." Right. So build on Bugweiser. Worked for Anheuser boat, or I'm sorry, for a uh, Drake for five years. Um, started off in the marketing, got into some sales, kind of worked my way up in there Yeah. and then one day, Justin Waller, the owner of Get Waiters, right? I'd see him at trade shows and stuff and we'd always kind of pop trash to each other and, and each other's shit. Yeah. Um, but he, uh, he called me up and he gave me a job offer around, and that's not for me, um, you know, I'm, I'm doing what I love. I work from well, home, got the best job in the industry. You know, and then he came back to me, and he, he, him and his wife invited my wife and I out to Tyler, Texas, and he's like, hey, let's just just hang out, just me face face to face, hear me out. So we didn't have anything going on that day. We drove out here, and he uh, he gave me a, a job offer, and it, it, my wife as soon as we got in the car, she's like, we have to do this, right? You know, we we have to. And so we moved out to East Texas. Where were y'all? We where are y'all moving from? Fort Worth. Okay, so you're in big city, right? You're in. Tyler. Sure.
0: And this was two years ago? This was really? uh twenty twenty. Okay. So oh, so pre pandemic kinda pandemic coming.
1: Right. Yeah. Okay. So we uh I let Drake know I was uh leaving and I took a month off. I went out and went antelope hunting, but deer hunting, kinda just got it all out of my yeah. thing. Yeah, had a chance to kinda reset and uh started with, with gateways in October and and I walked in and just hit the ground running. Yeah, It's been nonstop since. Lifestyles kind of changed a little bit. Sure. Used to work from home, right. hunt, fish, you know, whatever I wanted to. Now it's more of a, you know, day-to-day, I'm, I'm involved in every aspect of the company, yeah. not just the marketing side, so. Right. A little bit more stress, but yeah. um, the reason I made the move, to be honest with you, is that Drake, they were such a big brand, and clock in every day and just push, Push The easy button, you know, it's already already built, not something that uh, not creates a wheel, right? Yeah, just keep doing what we're doing. And at Gator Wayers, which we were so small when I it started, it's spelled they've been in business for 10 years when I came on, but it's still had that startup feel like everybody's in the warehouse, should have been brought up, and everybody's you know, pulling their weight and doing multiple or wearing multiple different hats and all that. Man, this is exciting, this is what I want to do build something that I can be proud of, yeah. So, uh I mean, I'll say we've almost, almost tripled since I've been here in the past. Wow. Yeah. That's a huge accomplishment. Yeah, oh, man. It's, uh, it's awesome. Yeah. We're on fast track for sure.
0: Right. I, I work for Walmart, and obviously, Walmart gets a bad rap on, on a couple different levels, but I can tell you that when you're putting together a store, like a store is just, you know, wide open, there's no shelving or anything like that, the groups that get together and that are, you know, kind of piecing out, shelving and I'm going to go to this department and you're going to be a team lead for that. The environment's completely different than you've got department managers and all this product that you're stocking and people clerks. And I get, you got all these problems with customers and this, that, and the other, cause you don't have any customers. Right. Like you're just fulfilling orders or you're it's, I, I, I could see that teamwork, atmosphere when we were talking about it. All right. Back up a minute. Okay. Where
1: did you grow up? Uh, I grew up in the Panhandle. Okay, a little town called Children's. Children's. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then, uh, so you had uh, pheasant, not a little bit up there. Uh, uh wouldn't we work far enough north for pheasant? Okay, but duck well was real big there. Yeah, whitetail. We had some yellow deer there. Right. But uh, and not quite uh,
0: north enough for you know, antelope. No. Yeah. You get you you gotta get, get, get to doing this. this Yeah. they got to really get it. to do. Yeah. And Amarillo or maybe a little south Amarillo for pheasant. Yep. Yeah. I, I was in Amarillo for six years, and so. We go golf course, drought and range. You got Fezzik coming across, or yeah, they just come across. Yeah, you try to aim at them and hit them. And the deer got smaller, and then you got to Demes and Antelope. Sure enough, yeah. cool. Yeah. Talk about hunting in in poor countries. I've hunted. I've hunted like I've flown my my guns, you know, domestically, uh, which isn't that hard. I mean, for people that that have never done it. You know, you have, to load, you have to disassemble, you have to lock it, all that good stuff. And actually, flying meat back isn't that hard either. You just right. freeze it in the container you need it to be in, and you can actually check it in. Sure, go. Should do a check on. So, but I'm sure it's quite a bit different when you hunt overseas. You've been to the Middle East, you've been to Asia. So, walk us through what those obviously,
1: they're, they're probably very different. Right. So, uh, I'm funded. Wanted... I've been to Africa a couple of times, been to oh. Kursik San, um, I have a trip planned to Azerbaijan, Canada, Sema, you know, international. So I use a, a service, it's called Dylan Brownlee. So it's like a travel agency. Oh, okay. so you go there, you tell them, Hey, I want to go chase this species in this country and they facilitate everything. Well, they get your travel, they get your translator, they get the paperwork, for your guns most countries you can't bring meat back from. Mm. Canada, you can't. Um but Curse of Sanders, a bunch of sides permits and stuff like that that a lot of red tape to get even your uh your trophy back. Mm. So meat is probably not gonna happen. But it's a it's a process. Um they they walk you through it, but I prefer to pay somebody to take all that off of my plate. Right. So I don't if a gun gets lost or something, like I have an insurance policy. Sure. Pretty much. But as far as the, uh, the international hunting, we can get into this, but there's a lot of like parallels I've drawn in my hunting career and my professional career. And one of them is the first international hunt I ever went on. So first international hunt I ever went on was Africa, had no money. I was making like 40 grand a year working for Budweiser, not doing, you know, as well as I needed to, to afford hunt like that. Right. But I went to the bank and put a, uh, took a loan out against the truck that I owe. you know. Truck was paid off. Alternate of. session, yeah. Yes. And I was like, I gotta do this. So I went and did that and uh, came back and it opened Hold on, hold on, tell us about it. I mean, so when you get over there, you're, what species are you hunting? I, I had uh, five species on my list so I wanted to hunt. Okay. Came back with 11. You came back with 11? 11, 11 oh. animals.
0: Holy yeah. smoke! did you have to take another loan?
1: Uh, no, I, I mean I, I covered everything. I was okay. good. Okay. <laughs> the taxidermy bill came, and then that was a little tough. But right. Uh, so you came back with eleven species. You obviously were guided. I'm,
0: so, I'm yes. sure. Once you hit yeah. that ground. Yeah. And then uh, do I know? Domestically, you have spotters, and then those spotters tell you that's an eleven hundred dollar deer.
1: Or, that's yeah. was that the same? So situation. We'll be driving around here on kudu, and all of a sudden, you come up on a on a group of impala. Now. Cody's taking back seat. Yeah, right, I don't Nepal. Right, right. Or you know, never thought I'd shoot a zebra. Yeah. But the uh, the zebra story is probably better off off camera. Yeah. Just the, sure. the, the the tracker and some of the jokes he said, it's pretty funny. Right. Uh, but you know, I'd had no desire to shoot a zebra and ended up shooting one because kind of spur of the moment adrenaline's up Yeah. You know, we were we were tracking something else and this popped up and then it's all uh it's a different game in that.
0: Yeah, I mean, if, look, I've been out on hunts where, you know, you're you're walking a Sandera, and you've got shotgun in your hand. You think you're gonna, you got some dove or quail, and then you've got your rifle, and you know, it's on a sling on your back, yep. and, and then a you know, whitetail jumps out at two thirty in the afternoon, and it's you know, ninety five degrees, yep. and it's right. Well, I'm switching out now. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, okay, we're we're yep. hunting deer now. So, so I've been in that situation before yep. for sure. Um, So was it any different in Asia?
1: So Asia, uh, yeah, completely different. Okay. So the Asia story is kind of funny. I went to Dallas Safari Club with a buddy of mine. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's become kind of my travel companion all over the world. And we walk in, sit down at the booth. I already wrote my check for caribou. I was like, I'm going caribou. Mm -hmm. Slide across the table, we're good. And I was trying to sell Taylor, which is my friend, to go caribou. And he goes, Yeah, if I don't know. Not, doesn't get me going. And he points at this animal, he's like, What is that? And it's on their backdrop. And they start telling us about this this thing called the mid-Asian Ibex in this country called Kurzakstan. It's the size of Nebraska. Right. And he was like, I wanna do that. Well, let's go do that. And <laughs> man, I wanna know. I'm gonna call him off real quick. So call Shannon up. I'm like, Hey babe, can I uh can I go hunting Ibex in Kyrgyzstan, this? This always she goes. I don't care what you do. I'm walking in church. I'll call you after church. I was like, okay, cool. That's a that's a green light. Yeah, green light. <laughs> so change the memo
0: on the check. it's like <laughs> playing an item. Can I play another 18? Yeah. Dude, I don't care what you do. I'm kind of thinking a nap. Yeah. I pick, hi. <laughs> Let's play it. So
1: Cut the check. Pay for it. Go get some ce- celebratory beers. We're we'll walking around the Al Club. My wife calls me up to church. She's like, okay, what were you talking about? Like, what are what are you doing? And I told her, and she's like, absolutely not. You're not going there. Well, babe, it's already paid for it. Right. So it was a little touch and go there for a couple of days, but she warmed up for the idea. Right. But uh, on that hunt, we walked out of Dallas Park Club. I was probably banging like 240. Oh, wait. Wow. i um, not in great shape. We The very next day, we strapped on our packs and started hiking, and I dropped 60 pounds in seven months. Wow. On that hunt. Because you were up in elevation, I guess. Oh yeah, we uh, shot my IBEX at twelve thousand eight hundred feet. Oof. So yeah,
0: we'll you're getting close out. to yeah, you're getting close to need oxygen. the wall, yep. yeah. What is it around fourteen yep. or so? Yeah. Hey,
1: but uh, so back to the Africa thing and the the parallels I was talking about. So one of the things that that I learned from that trips specifically is calculated risk. Mm-hmm. So everything that has ever come to me that was good was cal- by calculator risk. I'm talking my marriage, I'm talking the job change, having a baby, like right. all of those things came to me because I made a calculator, mm. a, a willing and a bet. So took a load out of my truck and it was one of the greatest experiences. Yeah, sure, so that, that's one of those things, like I try to find things in the hunting world that translate in everyday life and that was mm. the main one.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely an experienced person. I'm, like I, things are great and I like them, and and I like nice be around nice things, and and purchasing things for people, and but I'd much rather go on a
1: trip with you, no. and th- that's something that I can't, I'll never forget, especially if it's a nice. Uh, somebody told me one time that to piggyback off that is uh, by by experience is not it's right, Really like right. that. That's yeah, sure, it's a whole lot.
0: Yeah, um, so in Asia, how, you. You, you're you at 12,000 feet, and you knock down your species that you were chasing. It. Right. Ibex? Ibex. Ibex, yeah. And so what happens after that? Like You, you go, get them? How do you get them?
1: So, yeah. Uh, How do you argus them? Yeah, we, uh, we fly in. We take a 14-hour uh, by f- or I guess off-road ride up this mountain. Then we get on. Horseback for another twelve hours. Oh, yeah, and uh, then we, we have a translator with us, but she doesn't come along the whole way. She stays at the oh, oh So oh. they just we just get on these horses. I'm with so the people in Kyrgyzstan they they look Asian, they're Muslim in faith. Yeah, they speak Russian. Oh. It's like yeah, so there there's a major language barrier there. So we're just we're riding along and got my buddy Taylor and my buddy Trey with me, and we're just having a good time. And all of a sudden. I'm told to go with these two guys, they're told to go with these two guys, and we all kind of split up, and for the next five days, I'm not with anybody that speaks English. Like, I'm with these two other guys, and I do whatever. So it was uh it was pretty interesting.
0: What are you, what are you eating? Like, uh, are they, it's like bread and soup and
1: stuff, or is it so, that you don't know what it is? Yeah, so... Uh, Salt Cod? Yeah, <laughs> so they, it's the... One Of the, we had a, a full chicken, a boiled chicken that was wrapped in foil, okay. And we ate all that for five days, okay. Um, I all that, yeah. <laughs> and then, um, I brought some of my own snacks like peanut butter, like sure. single star peanut butters, and um, some protein bars and stuff, but it, it was mainly ramen and that chicken, right? And then, uh, they had I forget what they called it, but they had mare's milk, oh, so it's horse milk. That was fermented in sheet uh, shute. It's the worst thing you've ever put in your mouth. Okay, but they I take your word for it. Yes, it, it's, it's horrible. But they they you thought drank it. Oh, it, it was pretty much if you didn't drink it, you would be offending. Right. You guys. So you kind of choked it down or pretended. Yeah, you weren't just like foraging every day, right. like things like that. I mean, so- made a camp.
0: Yep. And it, could you tell the camp had been used multiple times or no? So it was just- we had the tents
1: and all that. Oh, okay, got yeah. it. So we got there, we shot our we shot the ibex, um, got over okay. to it, but all the way down. So th- this was the cool part. So we're on a 12 hour horseback ride, right? And you're passing all these little empty huts, or in the middle of the mountains, and even on the the next one would be a hut, and there would be goats outside, and like. Two kids and a and a guy stand outside this hut. Wow, and they're, I mean, I've been on a horse for eight hours. I haven't seen another person up right. there, and we saw a couple of other people up there, but it was very, very, very remote. Right. Um. But once we got the ibex, got it cleaned up, we took two days to get home because on the way down we would stop at every single one of those huts, and it was the hunter's tradition to go in, give them meat. And they would give us bread and cheese back, and we'd sit there and have a meal. Wow. And we would stay there for like an hour or two. And wow. they'd talk. And, you know, I don't know what's going on, but you kind of get there, and you, the hospitality was phenomenal. Like, yeah. th- these people don't have a hint you know, to their name. Sure. And they're the most grateful and most gracious people back to you. And, wow. You know, we by the time we got back to camp, we had very little, because we leaving, you know, the best cuts of meat.
0: Wow, True, that's, that's even hard to even think about. Yeah. Like that's that's an experience that would be incredible. Yeah. Um. So now you're chasing the North American ten, right? Yep. Uh, the Grand Slam. That's what, it's yeah, called? what we call the Super Ten. Super Ten. Yep. Super Ten. So there's ten species, right? And you're down to one, right? right? So you've got nine. Um, tell us a, a little bit about a couple of them that were. Either you said calculated risk, so I assume that all of them were just like, you knew that you knew the shot was good and all that kind of stuff, but any any close calls or any like remittable like experiences with any of the species that
1: you? So I think the pinnacle of any player's career should be a uh, adult sheep. Dull sheep is one of the only wild animals, like fully stark white in North America. Well, wow. About to go. Yeah. Um, a lot of people just i mean that that's like the pinnacle should be the pinnacle of any north american honors career in my head. right um very ex, very expensive hunt but i kind of the same story with with my wife we went down we were in Fredericksburg, and having them just stay in a little bed breakfast down there and we we're sitting there talking about like our our goals over the next couple of years and we uh i mentioned doll sheep and she's like well why don't, why don't you just do that just to knock that one out. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a if you draw a Venn diagram of sheep hunters, there is people that can afford it and then people that can physically do it. Right. right. It's a very small window. He's mm-hmm. like, you need to do it so I'll call Trey that I mentioned earlier right at, right there and said, hey, dull sheep next year she make that. So <clears throat> <clears throat> trained super hard, got in great shape for that one. And went up, flew into Alaska. It was 10 days and mm. got paired with this guy he had never been on a sheep hunt before. Oh. Uh, the guide or whatever, the guy that was supposed to, you know, go up with me, never been on a sheep hunt before. And he was a uh, 24, 25 years old from Wisconsin, just hockey player with Bill White, hockey. Yeah. And him and I fed off each other. Yeah, that's that's right. We just just he was super inexperienced on the hunting side, but he was in great shape. And I was in pretty good shape, but experienced on the hunting side. So we just fed off each other and helped each other out. But the, uh, parallel I came out of that one with was be comfortable being uncomfortable, mm-hmm. like nothing good. I mean, as soon as we got off the, uh, the airplane, our feet were wet. Cause we stepped into a creek and we were soaking wet for the next 10 days, Oh, but yeah. super uh, horrified. It's a lot of climbing, not high elevation, but I mean, sheep hunting is just, it's next level. Um, uh, there there's. There's a quote that says a sheep hunter, you'll either go once and never do it again, or it's in your blood for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And that, that right there, like that's so, mm-hmm. like sheep hunting is nothing. Really? Like, oh yeah. And I had this, use this hashtag, like jokingly called get my goat. And mm-hmm. it's all about like getting up there and chasing something that other people are willing to go to. And that that's kind of how I look at sheep hunting.
0: Gotcha. So in that yeah. case. What day did you, were you able to accomplish it? You were there for 10 days. Sure. So, what was it, day four or five? Yeah, it was day four
1: that I uh, tipped over the the um, the dull sheep. Uh, it, what was it, it was a long shot, short shot? shot. So that ends. Back to me and Austin kind of feeding off each other, we found these sheep on day four, and he was like, hey, Six hundred sixty yard, you got this shot I'm like, <laughs> oh, Although
0: no, you have not been with me to the range, right. <laughs> like it's probably snowing it and yeah, like, I'm four
1: hundred max. Yeah, hey, so yeah, we uh we had to close the distance and it was right. super tough and ended up shooting the sheep at like two sixty five. Yeah, but it's still a long shot. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. very very emotional moment for me and mm. Austin. I met this guy five days before. Right, right. very emotional moment for us on the solid mountain. No one else. I mean miles around so yeah. it's a very memorable moment that only him and I will, like you try to explain a hunt like that and you can't fully yeah explain it right yeah, yeah. except the, the one guy that was there knows what happened and all that it's sure so.
0: yeah no no doubt I mean you might my my family the my mentors are getting in their settings. and so you know we we go hunting and you never know when the last one's going to be and and so when you watch one of your mentors knock down a deer you don't know when it's the last one don't. or last this you know dove, quail, whatever it is um and so you know you then you help you know them process it and you're there you know with helping them move things around and, and with a knife and, and it's just I, it's hard it is hard to explain it because you you're you're harvesting although it's different than what they did thousands of years ago, because you're using different weaponry, uh, but you're doing something that's similar to it to what, what's happening then. And 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 as long as you're not wasting it, then it's uh, purposeful. Um, especially that too, absolutely. yep. Yeah. So this desire, the, all your passions and all that, uh, leads you into this VP position at uh, Gator Waders. You mentioned Justin; uh, he founded it in 2010. Um, he's on an oil rig, like he's he's struggling, like he comes off the oil rigs, and he's like trying to get things together while he's off of it. Or at least that's what I read. That he all of this non-working time he was working on this company. It was geared initially for mostly women. because yep. um, they he was on his off time that he did have spare time. He was, you know, mudding and you know, hunting and things like that. He are seeing a lot of disparities between women's opportunities with waiters and and uh, boots and things like that so um and then you come into the fold he had a lot of confidence in you meeting uh meeting you at these trade shows and and jar you know sparring with you and all that good stuff um so i you know, i did some looking in the website it's a it's an awesome website uh um and you've got a couple lines there we'll get into the future what you see uh but can we can we talk a little bit about some of the lines that they're that you guys have right now? the Seven camo. You have a couple different colors. Um, they look pretty impressive. What was there? Can you talk a little bit about like the thought process in that? You know, and 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 a little bit about the patterns and that type of stuff, or the success, maybe success stories.
1: So, uh, so yeah, Justin, he started doing the whole. The mud riding scene was his thing right it's funny the getaways founded on like a, a zebra print pair of waiters right it's kind of i mean to this day we do leopard print waiters and i hate telling people this it's one of our best <laughs> right oh yeah like I, right. I work for a rugged outdoor apparel brand that's camo and man right and right no we sell uh, a lot of leopard stuff too. right but uh but yeah he he started i want to say they launched the the hunt line in 2016. yeah and kinda of took off and then I came in twenty twenty and uh really focused on the month side of things. But yeah, he uh he had developed this camo pattern before I came on and I came on kind of in the middle of the launch and where we are now in the industry, so you have Mossy in a real tree. They've been around since mm-hmm. the eighties and that's like the big thing. Stick and limb is what everybody calls those stick and limb patterns. And then you have this uh this company called Sipco. Came out of nowhere in about 2012, they started popping up and they had their own pattern. It's called Optipade. And it was this digital pattern. Nobody like really jumped on board with it. Yet. And, but they did a very good job marketing that ad. Mm-hmm. And it started like threatening the, uh, the stick and limb patterns. So Getawayers, we had a license with Mossy Oak Tree and they're great partners. And there's a very like big uh, place for them in the market. But there's also this digital Side and so Justin had the idea to develop the pattern called Seton. Uh, it's the seventh year in the uh, hunting industry, so he that's where the name came from. And that is, he built... The original pattern was for uh, like a timber a scenario, like hunting flat timber. And then when I came in, I was like, hey, we could change this up just a little bit and add some some browns and some, some blacks to it and make it look more like a marsh pattern. So that gave us the two different ones. And uh, it kind of felt, filled a void that we didn't have in, in the beginning, because you know, Sitka, they came in out of nowhere, even when I was at Drake, nobody took them serious. Everybody's was who's this little company out of Bozeman, Montana? And now, I mean, they they do good stuff, man. I mean, Drake does good stuff, Bandit does good stuff, we do great stuff, like, I think competition is gory. Yeah. Like, you get all these brands spotting each other, back yeah, and forth. Yeah it does something cool. Then Drake does something cool. Right. We come out and do it better, and just keep going back and forth. Like the consumer ends up winning, right? Oh, sure. Right. Like competition—that is
0: America. Yeah, that's that is what just did. Yeah.
1: yeah. Competition breeds excellence. Yeah, that's that. I mean, I will feed off of that. I love Water. it. Like when somebody sends me a screenshot of what one of my competitors is doing, like, hey, look what they did. You don't know what I'm doing next year, so good for them. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome, man.
0: And, and then you have Save the Tundra, right?
1: Yeah. Yep. So.
0: Talk to us a little bit about that.
1: So the uh, the Save the Tundra initiative was um, something that uh, our national sales manager, Cody Van Pelt, it was like a passion project for him. Mm-hmm. So he put that all, all that together. He uh, he worked with Delta Waterfowl, and every half of uh, every cell of that goes right back to conservation. Yeah, that's a so, cool-looking hoodie, too. Yeah, he yeah. did a good job with it. Cody Cody's very much um, conservation-minded. He brings... A uh, different mindset to the to the company. Yeah. You know, a lot of us just sit around look at P and L reports and he, <laughs> and you know how how can we make more money? And Cody is always the first one to be like, hey, you know, we got to give back. Right. We take so much from this industry. We take so much from from, uh, from the waterfowl industry. We got to give back to it. Right. So he he kind of keeps us in line and makes sure the compass is still. Yeah, that's, you got to have those folks. Yeah, got to have those Yep.
0: Um, and then you have some events later on in the year. Wild Country.
1: Yeah, uh, that's the the off road side. Yeah, yeah. So then it's in Mississippi. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I've never been to one of those personally, but and I went to one and it's a party. <laughs> in fact, when I I didn't even know the mud riding thing was that big deal. And right. uh when I told my wife, I was like, "Hey, I can go to this event. It's called, uh, I think it was Wild Country or Mud Nets. It was Mud Nets. Like that." Yeah. And you're like what is that? I don't know. And we looked up some YouTube videos yeah. on what it was that shoot you were not going to this alone. Absolutely not, because it is, it's like birds. Oh yeah, like,
0: <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> not, not, we actually maybe not. just Maybe just like a, a Natty liper. Yeah. a
1: Bush Lightbird, you know? Yeah. Medved Burbage. Like, like, yeah. Metal yeah. yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, the off-road industry is a big big portion of what we do. It's true. Sure. What I came on is probably like 70, 30, running off-road, and now it's well, about 50, 50. Oh, four. really? Yeah. Wow. But, uh, yeah, the, the events are fun. Uh, we all kind of pull together, and we all travel and deal, them and it's, it, it ends up being a big party. It turns into a big team building.
0: Yeah, sure. So, um, I'm going to let you have a little bit of that. Sorry, right. you're going to
1: do a lot of talking. Um,
0: what you So, it, obviously, Gator Waiters is much better than what it was when you first, you said you almost tripled it. Um, bro, I'm sure you've broken into a couple new markets. Can you talk about maybe a couple markets that you've broken into that
1: have surprised you? So, we were founded on the women's stuff, right? But we have found some kind of niche with like these boutique, like smaller mom and pop stores that, you know, love our brand. The the We do a, a camp shoe and a um, right. camp boots, it's so a waterproof ankle boot. And we do these crazy patterns that, more competitors don't do, they stick to the, sure. the browns and the olives and the, in the camo patterns and we're doing leopard, bright pink and all that. Yeah. I mean, we, I spent half my day to day looking over new, new color palettes. So that's literally surprising. And then the farming ranch people, mm. like the tractor supplies of the world. That woods. Yes. Yeah. So we're, we're finding a lot, we're getting a lot of, uh, success there too. Gotcha. And you know, those. Those people lived in knee boots and ankle boots and stuff like that, with the feet horses or, you know, washing something.
0: State, so they're wearing it for state protection or?
1: Yeah, uh, no, more like just waterproof footwear, you know, keeping butt off of it and stuff like that when they're. We're going to let this pass, but I think it's pretty loud.
0: But it's a cool, it's a theme of a lot. And you could take this this train to Dallas. Really? Yeah, you go straight to Dallas. Where is it? Uh, that way it goes to Streetport. Yeah, Longview Streetport. It stops at Longview. Um and it's Amtrak, so it's legit. It's not right. like we're not talking about that's a passenger train. Yeah or now not all of them. Cargo. Cargo, yeah. But um uh yeah, you could take an Amtrak to, to doubt. We've done it. It's pretty fun. I mean was just, I wanna say it was like sixty bucks. Yeah, to there, and then... So the back. back, yeah. No, 60 back, under 20, which, yeah, for the experience, it was, wasn't was too bad. Uh, I, oh, I, my dad was uh, a yard master for real... Yeah, you and the Pacific, who owns Amtrak. Right? And so uh, I've not only ridden on a train, but I've also driven, or you run it. Um, and uh, he was down in New Orleans, so... Got to go over like Cubulon Bridge, and you're looking down, and you're like, there's water, water behind, yeah. So, derailment, right? Cool experience, <laughs> and then you got a spittoon stup- in the corner, so you're like, oh, and it's back like before they went pretty much like tobacco less in like the late 90s, I believe. Don't, don't kill me, dad. This it's aired, but uh, I want to say it was the late 90s that it, he was a that he was a chewer, Levi Garrett, yeah, and Redman,
1: oh, and uh. Oh, oh yeah man it's
0: like you know he was the you know, he was a golfer he got me into golf and so uh he was a swing and spit that guy just swing and then he didn't watch it most of the time he just spit many watch it yeah and uh and that's just what i grew up with and then in the late 90s i think in the late 90s is when they went to back and with sl- so i was ruddy boy and when i was much uh, quite a bit older than you so I think I was probably, I don't know, 10. So this would have been 88 uh, or so, maybe even younger, at running it and finding joy in, in doing that. Of course, he knew that I'd like it. And um, and they had a spittoon, and I have a spittoon am my house. So that's cool. It's a Union Pacific spittoon. Oh, wow. There's not many out there. let it's true grats. Um, it's got the locomotive on the front, and uh, it's got Union Pacific Railroad. It's got the initials on there. It's pretty cool. Very cool. Uh, but I remember that being in the corner. And him spitting in it, you know, and uh, and and then later on, I remember bringing uh, my my son, who's twenty three now, which much different game. That after they went tobaccoless, because then they had they provided sunflower seats. Yeah. and then everything in the spittoon was a sunflower seat. So but, uh, much different, much sure. different ball game. All right, so. Um, what is a day in a life of a VP look like? I mean, you just said you went through a bunch of pallets. Um it, it, how many people are there? Is there obviously there's some management of individuals, but it sounds like you get your hands more into like the the revenue streams and how to make products better too. And so you're 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 almost like a developmental too. So you how many hats do you wear?
1: So I I mean this time last year I was doing operations, HR, uh product development, sales, marketing. I mean, it was all of it. Right. Uh, we've hired some very key people sure. recently. We we recently hired a, a VP of operations, Josh. He, we stole him from Southside Bank. Mm. So they probably aren't well happy with us. But he has been the best hire we've had in the past couple of years. But he has taken a lot of off my plate. Kudos, Josh. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, so, typically, I'll walk in and, you know, sales and marketing heavy right now, because right. that's really what I'm focused on, but product development, you know, we we all sit at the table together. It still has that small, you know, startup feel. We'll get the girls in there, like, hey, we're deciding these waiters for these women. Sure, How do they affect you the way you punch, or, you know, how do they fit you? Uh, so, the, the product development's a team effort. Then we we'll start thinking colorways. That's a team effort. A lot of head A lot of people don't like each other after that meeting. Yeah. But uh, but I mean, there's some days that we'll get a container product in the, the warehouse down in Bullard, and all of us will leave the office and go out there and help unload the container. It's, it's just a little bit of everything. It's just still grassroots. I mean, it's still grassroots. We we feel like that. I, I'm glad we still have that culture. Yeah. But we're. I can see us slowly getting. Sure. 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 Yeah, I mean, at some point you have to in order to fulfill demand. Right, right. But I I think, I think it's important for Justin. Justin too. I mean, he gets out there and and does containers. He started this thing. Yeah. But we have a mentality, and all the managers know. I feel like this, but it's it's leading from the front. The front. Be the first one through the wall. Yeah. All your people are going to follow you if you're the first one through. Right. Let's go.
0: Yeah, we we have this. What I'm doing now. We, we sometimes transport, like, materials with a U-Haul. So we load it up, and, and it's like, all right, you get in the U-Haul. Yeah. This is the hottest place to be, man. You know? <laughs> and, and normally, it's, you know, I'm catching, and, and and you've got the newest individual that's in there, and you're like, you get, to, you get, the, you get the experience of yep. being in the U-Haul Absolutely. and throwing the spray, like, this is what you do. I mean, <laughs> war. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, breaking you in, you know, yeah, so that way you know what's going on. Um, so wearing a lot of hats. Um you I think it's I think it's great. How many states do you guys distribute to? Is it all of them or okay. So anybody in the United States can
1: order from a website and they can get a chip to so, them. Uh we I mean we're international too. I mean we had a That was my next question is I mean countries are you we ship worldwide. I mean we had wow well, we had a order last week from Kuwait. Wow, well, there were ducks in Kuwait. <laughs> Not like I thought it was just a oil over there, but yeah, we had a we had a pretty significant order from Wait the other day. Canada's real big for us, Canada, uh, yeah, New Zealand for big duck hunting population. New Zealand, jump season there, me, no nuts. So training camp, yeah. I'm gonna take
0: the opportunity to. Uh... All right, uh, my second pour is going to be uh, Lone Nail Honey. Uh, they're pretty popular locally. They're dist- This is distilled in Forney, which is probably about forty miles away. Uh, they did this uh, release. I think they're still offering it. It's uh, honey finished barrel. I enjoy this a lot. It's a hundred. I think it's hundred eight hey, proof, so should be good. Um, so you you you're sending stuff worldwide. So you have a worldwide or you have an uh, international distributor or-
1: I no, would we'll say that all- Bullard, uh, Bullard Texas. Yeah, DHL or? Oh, uh, we use a mixture of FedEx and UPS. Gotcha, a little bit of the US boat full.
0: Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. All right, so what does the future look like for like hunting, accessories, I uh, you know, items that you guys sell do you sell clothing, you sell waiters, but you sell boots, you sell hats mm-hmm. shirts yeah I do know, all the do, yeah, so what is it what is it what are the next steps? like you were talking about every year makes different companies pushing each other digitally, patterns, things like that what what what's the next thing we're gonna see in the like industry? do not give away any jokes. No, don't
1: give away But we recently had a, a new company kind of pop up in the past year or two. Um good friend of mine started it actually. His name's Jeff Jones. Hey. He started this company called Shin Gear. Oh. And bet. they're we're doing it right. I mean they're they a direct consumer brand. They've built built some really good stuff and it's kinda got everybody in the industry like Whoa. Like we we need to step up our game again. So uh About a month ago we sat down with all of our factories, um, came up with some new ideas, try to figure out, you know, how can we build on what we've got and how can we go back at them, be like, hey, yo, we're doing good stuff now, come catch up. So that's it's just the back and forth that's gonna continue to happen. And you know, we're we're doing some stuff on the fabric side, some some features on on the waiters that you know some other people are doing, but we're gonna try to prove it. Right. Gotcha.
0: Um two last things one is was there has there been a moment where you've been able to as a vp it's helper skelter i'm um has there been a moment where you've just kind of taken a breath and looked at maybe maybe a small picture or even, even a bigger picture of like what's been accomplished or maybe a moment in time where you're like you like when you down that 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 Goat, where you you're, you're stopping it, it became emotional for you like you know um whether that's with a single individual's success or seeing somebody do something that was extraordinary or maybe the business in general like final numbers or whatever
1: yeah uh I mean there's been a, a couple of moments like that for me I imagine with you when yeah. business yeah I mean uh, I mean there there's always like yeah, your year goal, and I try to break up into smaller goals, and I, I mean, hopefully, we're doing that every single day. Because, like, what's the saying? If you if you win an hour, you win the day. If you win enough days, you win the week. Win yeah. up weeks, you win the year. Yeah, so on and so forth. And I I feel like we, the people that we have hired and the people in place, make me look so good. Like I I feel like I'm really good at my job. Yeah. But there are a few key people that work at Gatorwares that just I've watched them grow over the past three years and. I can't talk about one of them right now, but there's uh, specifically like the details of it. But there's a girl, Kayla. She's she started off as just running our social media. Yeah, and she has done so much. Right. like kind of taking her under my wing and try to like mentor her a little bit. But she is, she is one of the best employees that we have. Like if if we were to lose her tomorrow, be... yeah, <laughs> yeah she really more. wow. So uh, just seeing her growth. Like, I have some ownership in what, her group uh, path.
0: Yeah, sure, sure. As managers, that's what we do. Yep. We leave a, a piece of ourselves. That's what we give is time, and time is a piece of us. Right. And um, obviously, we're both salary managers, and and so we're on the clock at all times. Yep. Somebody calls us at 10 or 11 or 12 or Texas or whatever. Um, it's interrupting time away from our product time or uh, personal time, and, and so... You're taking a piece of that okay. um but at the same time you're molding someone yep. that carries a certain type of legacy for you um and there's an understanding there and it's it's hard for folks that are connected to uh, potentially you and I to understand that because they're it's not the same role sure when you're when you're trying to mentor somebody like you get somebody on your wing
1: but, but but I was gonna say personally like. I left Drake on on I feel like good terms. Sure, I know what their revenue was. That's how I left. And when I hired on at Gatorwares, Justin asked me what my goal was, and I said one million more than this number. Right, and that is still my goal. Yeah, and you know he uh, it, when him and I were talking, he was worried about a no compete and all that. And you don't have to worry about this. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm here. Yeah, I'm moving my family here. Sure, I'm in, I'm in this for long. Yeah, yeah. So what every every year we get a little bit closer to that a little bit closer that'll admit yeah, sure that, that that'll be the that'll, that'll, be, the be, year. that'll
0: oh. be where <laughs> you just because in in, the, in operations you worry about that breath moment where you're just like okay everything's okay but then you got tomorrow you know but it's it's healthy to take that step back and and reflect on, on the the steps you took and the grind that you took and all that good stuff um, okay so last thing. I had a variety of things that I could throw curveballs, but the first one didn't go well. So i <laughs> talk <funny> about that in a minute. Well, I was told that turkey hunters
1: were the greatest hunters. Okay. I, I don't know who told you that. And I would love to understand their thinking so I can make them think how I think. <laughs> well, I was told that. Yeah.
0: But um, I wanted to give you an opportunity to give some kudos if you wanted to. Um, obviously, you've, you've talked about jumpsh.
1: Yes. Uh, and then Kayla, Josh, Kayla, Cody, Cody. yeah. They're, they're my core people Man, Right, I, I can't do what I do without them. Yeah, no. Uh, one thing I've learned at Gator waiters and another one of those parallels I was talking about earlier is being able to operate in chaos, right? Like, yeah, it's a big thing. Right. So, right. But um, amongst chaos, I, I went, I went on this go kart one time, uh, in British Columbia or with snow, we didn't came back with nothing. Right. 14 days. It was absolutely the worst hot I've ever been on, right. but being able to operate with the worst conditions, watching avalanches and all that morality and still having a clear head, you take that back to a uh, to professional. And I was surrounded by people that helped me be able to operate in that chaos. Yeah, if, if the warehouse were to blow up tomorrow, I know that I could sit in our conference room, have Justin across from me, Kayla. Cody, Josh, sit at that table and we'll figure it out together. Right. And that is... Invaluable. Yes, I need people like that around me. Right. Because when I came on, I was doing Cable's job and I thought I was better at it, or better than me. Uh, right. Without question. I'm getting Cody there, uh, Josh is taking stuff off the plate, Justin has finally started trusting me, he's gonna be taking a step back hopefully. Yeah. And we're just gonna keep rolling this thing. Man. Yeah, man. Oh, oh.
0: Super exciting. Um, you're, you're a girl, girl dad. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so is Josh. Yeah. Josh is a girl dad. I, I swear to God, if I would have had a girl, I'd be bankrupt. I mean, <laughs> but she's, she's and, and so you credit your wife, too. I mean, obviously.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Yeah, the, the thing that uh, every Christmas dinner, I try my best to, because um, exp- we let plus ones come in, and, and, and obviously, it doesn't matter, color creed, or there's, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. They come in, and I want to thank the plus ones. Like, the, the employees, I, I thank them throughout the year, and um, whether that's financially or or uh, they verbally praise them or write them a note, email, text, what have you. But the plus ones don't really get a lot of credit, right. you know, throughout the year. So whenever I'm having that Christmas dinner, I make sure, that, hey, I do set up and recognize those folks. Um, so I'm sure you credit a
1: lot of your success. Oh, my wife, puts something like I mean, our, <laughs> all is mine. All of our, lives, <laughs> really. yeah. But this this woman, she is essentially a widow during London season. Right. She supports me. Right. She knows I need that outlet as yeah. a man. Yeah. I believe like guys need a challenge. They need a they need an adventure to go on. Uh, you know. And she supports that. Right. Most guys that I know, like man, I can't go out this weekend. My wife's gonna give me a part time. I tell my wife, like, hey, I think I'm going to St. oh Really? Right. You don't want to get out there? Or if I book a hunt, she's like, okay, cool. Yeah, we're, we'll be here when you get back. But the flip side of that, outside of hunting season, I'm very called. Cool. Right. Like, I'm, I'm yeah. at cheer practice. Um. You know, your girl, having, yeah, having my hair braided or fingernails painted at night, like, it's I'm still very, very invested. Yeah, it's cool, man. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man, that's awesome. I like that. Anything else you want to on? Oh man. I, I appreciate you having me. Yeah. I, so I, I I didn't know what to expect coming in here, but yeah, great, great spot. You invited me to. I appreciate you reaching out to me. Yeah. It's funny what bourbon can do. Like bring people together. Yeah, like, oh, man, man. That's better red- actions in the past. But
0: yeah, I uh I mean there's there's a variety of people that I really wanted to bring on when I thought about this. Um, like I was doing sampling here at the Beckham and uh during COVID it was great. I mean there was a lot of attendance because people were just trying to get out, and um, and then it kind of dwindled down over the last like six months. and And the Beckham was supporting all of it; they were, you know, financing the bottles we were selecting and also paying for my time. and It just wasn't fair to them, and so we, you know, I, I pitched it to them like, "Hey, let's have a podcast. Let's just talk about. Um, let's have a spirit available so that we can talk about that. Because obviously, I'm heavily involved in barrels and." And the East Texas Whiskey Club and the East Texas Burton Society, but um, also have some entrepreneurs and have some people that are invested in the in the area uh, that impact our lives, even though we don't maybe know it in directly. Um, but I, I love having you guys on, talk about your passions and talk about accomplishments that you've done. Um, so, or, can
1: I ask you? Yeah, like, sure. Like, who's one person that you would love to outlaw? Well, like, if you could talk to anybody.
0: Man, uh, I love to have Casey Musgraves on. I think that'd be fun to have like a national star that is from the area that's down earth and uh, talk about maybe upbringing and talk about uh, steps that led to the next step. Obviously, those those have been chartered, and I could do the research. But hearing from her and yeah. and um, and then talking about how she broke in and. And and some of the things that she's done since then and people that she's met. I mean, I think that'd be awesome uh to have that. It, as somebody who's local that's that's really kind um, of spot off. And Miranda Lambert, I'd love to have her, but that's not even that. That's just style. Not, well, not with a hundred followers, you know, hey, one hundred and fifty hey, followers hey. maybe. But you never know. I mean uh, this has been fun, it's been great, it's great to have a Josh um as a partner. Uh we I think what we're doing is a good thing because we're not just sticking to, hey, look let's drink suburban and i think i taste you know sugar in it or something this you know, whatever banana uh-huh. or whatever yep. um there's plenty of podcasts where you can watch that uh i and i watch some of those but i i really enjoy the dynamics uh, that people bring the pers- personal element of things cuz we're all built a little different we all have different upbringings we have different influences we have different triggers um, and I think that part of it is what I enjoy and as a vp you we have to enjoy that, <sighs> right? and yep. like you, you have to know what motivates Kayla. you have to know what motivates Josh because those things are different yep. and uh and 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 understanding those things are part of what we do to optimize their talents and and, and then progress the company. so yeah, that's a good question well, I've never had a question, and well, I did have them watch it it was like so far up base that I just didn't even know what, how to answer it. Yeah. But um, no, I mean, I want to, I want to, I people from Tyler that, or Tyler, Lindale, many all of the surrounding areas that are subject matter experts or historians or people that can help educate a community and possibly educate beyond that and uh, impact somebody's life. Like last week, we had an organ transplant coordinator that talked to us about being a doer. And we I know for a fact, we had one person add themselves to the donor list yes. that's enough for me well wow. uh within within the time we add I'm the, um, the fourth of hour It's a worth it, worth an hour conversation i and and uh and so I hope that maybe you have somebody who uh, is intrigued by your products um or possibly pursuing hunting abroad or hunting. Uh the 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 Ted, the the, the slail or super ted super, super tid. Yeah. yeah, or at least intriguing looking at it, see how many species what's the one species you got know, what? Uh this. Got that. Yeah. Well I figured I'd look out first and <laughs> <laughs> you know, then in a the big tree. Yeah. 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 And so when you go up there and when you're pursuing that, is there a certain type of like you want huge ones, right? Or you want
1: I want a good representation of the species. I want to give the yeah. experience. They yeah have to be the biggest or the best. My
0: supervisor is a is a is a photographer, and he and he, he does photography for like uh, the 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 high schools and the colleges, you know, the the, the, the magazines and stuff like that. And uh, he took a he took a trip to Colorado, and he wanted to do a bull He wanted to find a bullies, take pictures of it. And uh, and and he found one where he tracked one for like two days, trying to get the perfect picture. And of course, he finally found it and it was like either dollar dust we can't remember but the moose like like in and got the all that yeah. stuff and through that he you know is hearing like uh elk bugling and all i mean it, he's just like just never imagined how great that feeling is to finally how a human track an animal right it's com- you know it, you can definitely see an animal track human this week we're clumsy and we give off sense to like that. But to do the opposite. I mean, it, it's a, it's a real revelation yeah. of just what we were doing about years sure. You know, You're, you're recreating that and just in modern or so. cool. Yep. well, man, thanks so much for being well, on, on the podcast. Yeah. It yeah, yeah. It was, it was really fun. I, I enjoyed the conversation. Uh, next, Next, uh, the the next one we're gonna have uh, an individual who specializes in insurance, but he also does a lot of work in the community. And so I'm looking forward to uh, having him on. We'll announce that in a couple of weeks. Right, Josh? Um, And uh, we'll have this podcast aired probably on Monday is what we're shooting for. So uh, looking forward to having you back. This is Spirit Squared. Thanks so much.